0: everyone, well, and welcome to that girl gets me every time. Just so y'all know, you're listening to Bloss Talk Radio, and I'm being taken over by a song. So uh, enjoy it. And welcome to Candy and Company. This is Candy. And I just want to say that Blog Talk is haunted. I set that song up last week to play automatically, but it didn't play automatically. I unchecked it for this week, and it plays automatically. So thank you, Blog Talk, and your ghosts. And on to my co-host, Joe Minetti.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm the company, Candy and Company. And we have a great (laughs) show. We have a great show today, tonight. We have two great guests. Should I introduce them, Candy? Yes, I'm going to go ahead. And, I
0: think you yeah, should I'm introduce go ahead our introduce
1: lovely it. guest. Okay, well let me read these introductions and, and get ready, folks, because these are two gentlemen with a, an incredible list of achievements. Our first guest I'm going to introduce is Trell Walters. At 33, Trell Walters of Berlin, Connecticut holds three titles, including Mister North American Daddy Bear 2015, Mister Bear It All 2015, love that title, and Mister Connecticut Bear 2014. He's an active advocate of HIV A- AIDS A- 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 support groups ranging from HIV Equal to AIDS Project New Haven. Trell has judged seven regional bear events, attended 19 pride events in the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, and Southern United States, and in his own year attended 49 events supporting other organizations such as Onyx, Northeast Brother Family, Bears, Bikers, and Mayhem, Virginia Bears, Bear Hampton, Bear Providence, and Mass Bears as well as attending several youth events, including True Colors one of my favorite organizations, the True Colors Conference, and the Dorothy Awards, which is coming up in March. That's a, a celebration from New Haven Pride Center honoring people who are leaders in the LGBTQ communities. Trell is also an active member of Mama's family. He was made Mama's CT Bear in 2014. He's a past board member of the Northeast Ursuline and is presently member of the Northeast uh a member of the uh, Masters to the Bears of Color Family Reunion in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Trell's into many different kinks. Uh huh. And he's happily collared, a happily collared boy to Mr. C.T. Leather, Tom Matt, and married to Harry Walters, which we all know and love. That's Trell. Trell, wow. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you for being here. Now oh, thank you. Uh, all I right, haven't. and now that
0: we've written Trell's autobiography,
1: uh uh-huh. <laughs> I go on to John?
0: You've
1: done John, done a lot of things. Wow, absolutely. is <laughs> fantastic, and Smell so is somebody who I, I love dearly. Uh, I've done a lot of work with him, and, and worked and watched him do incredible work dedicated to all the communities. Um, he's a he's a great guy, and he's a fellow Connecticut guy like me. I was raised in New York, but I currently live in Connecticut. And what a segue uh, to going to John John now, who is a New Yorker, a native New Yorker. And let me give you John John's uh, info and introduction. John John is a Puerto Rican Sicilian native New Yorker. He is Mr. Rock Bear 2015, becoming the first bear title holder representing Rock Bar New York City, located on Christopher Street in the west village of New York City. Uh, John John was a long-standing member and former president of Onyx Northeast in now New York. He's a leather and kink organization. It's a leather and kink organization for gay, bisexual, and transgender men of color. He's currently a member of Bilt, which stands for Brothers United in Leather Together. Throughout the past couple of years, John John has helped to build relationships in the bear and leather communities. He served on the committee of Leather Pride Night in uh, New York City from 2012 through 2014, where he helped to raise money for homeless youth, the transgender communities, and the New York City Pride Parade. Now, this guy, I mean, he's done so much that he's also... Um, Served as judging the Mr. Eagle New York City 2014, Mr. CT Bear 2016, Mr. American Rubber 2016, and Mr. Manigl- Mr. Mid Leather 2016. He's involved in New York City politics, in which during the day John John works on communications, media, and press. He was a former member, staff person, and board member of an organization called Fierce for LGBT youth of color in New York City. He's an active in, he's active in the LGBT um, Movement, organizations uh, organizing for queer and trans people of color, working against gentrification and displacement and an active participant in the anti-police br- brutality movement, organizing cock watch sessions. Fantastic. And I remember uh, joining John John with um, some other friends out in New York City for the uh, Black Lives Matter protest that we, we uh, joined all forces together. He's a great, great guy. Yep. And Wow, I'm out of breath. Wow. Well,
0: we have a we have a fantastic show, uh, some really great guests. But before we go into that, Joe, I'd really like to know a little bit more about how Black History Month got started.
1: Yes. This show is about honoring uh, Black History Month. February is the beginning of Black History Month. Let me give you just a little blurb of how this all started. Black History Month began as Negro History Week, which was created in 1926 by Carter G. Woodson, a noted African-American historian, scholar, educator, and publisher. It became a month-long celebration in 1976, not too long ago. The month of February was chosen to coincide with the birthdays of two very distinguished gentlemen, Frederick Douglass and President Abraham Lincoln. Now, we all, you know, President Lincoln, fantastic man. He was he was a a chief player in... in a, Freeing the slaves, but Frederick Douglass, this is Black History Month, and he was a distinguished ma- man of color who really brought a, brought a lot of change. So I want to give him a shout out. Frederick Douglass was a social reformer, an abolitionist, a public speaker, writer, and statesman. And he really, really was a man who stood his ground and was re- even more revolutionary, I think, than, than President Lincoln in, in terms of his feelings about freeing the slaves and about bringing the reform that. Allowed all people to have equal representation. He once said, uh, I would unite with anybody to do right and with nobody to do wrong. Um, he was noted as being an outstanding public speaker, and uh, even people who at the time really categorized uh, black people as not having the intelligence or the ability to speak really had to reevaluate that really misguided perception whenever he got up and spoke in front of everybody. And he really changed history, probably. Uh, I think, in more ways, I'll take a risk here and say it, than, than President Lincoln did. President Lincoln had the power to veto and do whatever he did, but this man was the, the force behind making him go a little bit further by insisting on, on more all the time. And, and he's he, those are the two gentlemen that were pivotal in establishing uh, him this month as Black History Month. There you go. Awesome.
0: Now, I have a question, but I need to preference it with just a little bit of a background story for me. I grew up in rural Indiana, um, where the only people there were white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, and it wasn't until I moved to the city um, when I was 18 that I met my first black person. I met this really lovely woman who was probably in her mid-30s, and, uh, you know, I had... Lots of preconceived notions, but I was all—I've also always been really open-minded, and I had no idea because I'd only grown up around people that were white. Um, and this really is going to be a question here in a second. One of the things that she taught me was not to see people in colors, but to see people in flavors. So the easiest way to cross the lines is not to see color at all. And then a little later on, I worked at this wonderful church, and uh, it was Black History Month. And I happened to ask another very open-minded person, because, again, I have no background, no history, I don't know anything. I'm like, why do we need Black History Month? And she was kind enough not to slap me, but explained to me why it was needed. So what I would like is for you guys to explain why we need Black History Month. Why is it important?
2: And what
1: can well, I... you
2: say of that Which one of us going first?
3: Uh, I can go yeah. first. Um, <laughs> John John. Um thank you well thank you both, Candy and, and um and Joe for having us. Um you know, this is really exciting. I was on your show before, so I'm really excited to be back. Uh and um, you know, I think that's a really interesting question. I think that it reminds me of the Black Lives Matter movement, and it reminds me how, you know, some people ask the question, well, all lives matter, right? All what? lives matter, not just black Absolutely. lives. And, you know, it it always brings me back to the conversation. Yeah, exactly. But it brings me back to the conversation of, yes, we know that all individuals matter, right? We know that we want to treat people with care, with love, and with respect. But we live in a country uh, where black men, right, are dying, and there are no consequences that are happening to the deaths of these black men. And black men are dying from community members, right? They're dying from due to racist acts. They're dying from law enforcement. And there's no consequences that are happening, um, which, which brought about the model Black Lives Matter. And to me, that I feel like can be compared to why do we need a Black History Month? I think it's important that when we think about things like Black History Month, when we think about, like, um, just as these very specific uh uh times where we honor people's traditions or history or cultures, uh it's important to highlight that because things like racism still exists. Thing discrimination still exists. Um oppression exists, right? And not only in the US but in other countries. And in countries where my family comes from. Um those things still exist. So until until we we can get to a place where oppression is not you know is not is not the norm then I think we should we we have a duty to continue to honor and lift up the people um whose identities matter
1: thank you thank
3: you i, I, well said. I agree well said.
2: very well said uh Charles, did you want to add anything to that uh, yes, <clears throat> I mean to me I think it is. Black History Month is really important. it's almost like something that actually keeps our egos in check because no matter how many doctors, how many lawyers, uh, title holders, uh, millionaires, whoever you it may be, it actually keeps us in check and remember where we came from so mm-hmm. we can look back and see all the struggle and, and all the deaths and all the activists and leaders that fought to have equal freedom and uh, marches and, you know, etc. I mm-hmm. think it's nothing that actually keeps our egos in check. So when we get ahead of ourselves, and I use myself, for example, I can look back and say, oh, wow, my grandmother used to walk two hours to work. Okay, you know it makes me more grateful and more appreciative of having the things that I have today. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I think um, Black History is really important, and not just to compare, but you know, for the next generation coming up, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different world out there. We seem to drown everything with a lot of negativity and um, all kinds of things, and even money and wealth, it's like it blinds the young youth that's coming up. They think that, oh, yeah, it's cool to have a gun or, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they don't realize in real life that there are consequences and that these things are really real and, you know, my ancestors, you know, struggled to get us to where we are. Why are we misbehaving, you know? It, it's just something for the youth to look at and kind of think about it, you know, and hopefully mm-hmm. they will, you know, go in the right direction, you know, and that's just one of the things I, I try to talk uh, talk to the younger youth about as well. So I think black history is very, 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 very important.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and if I could, it's okay if I jump in here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, want to, don't want to cut you off or anything, if there's if anything else to say, but I, I, you, a couple of things came up when you were speaking that really struck me. I want to jump in if it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think a couple of things you're mentioning uh, come to mind. I, whenever there's... Uh, People of privilege uh, want to live in privilege. Uh, One of the Mm -hmm. best ways to stay in privilege and to keep people who don't have privilege or have a history of not having privilege uh, oppressed is to uh, erase history and to allow us Mm -hmm. to not remember and to encourage people not to be connected Mm -hmm. to history and to just be connected to what happened five minutes ago or what's trending or what's current without understanding how we got to where we are and, and the struggles it still continue. Like John John said, and I think you said as well, uh, we've come a long way, but oppression, racism, and violence against uh, black communities, it, it still does exist uh, in, in lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and straight communities. Um, mm-hmm. I think the disconnection from history that I'm seeing concerns me. I'm, I'm not a young guy anymore. Uh, I'll be 54 in April, and I've seen change, but I am concerned. One of the changes I've seen is something uh, that came to mind when both of you were speaking. I'm seeing more and more of a... And you can jump in and disagree with me if you want to. Uh, you know, I, I, I see uh, more of a, a different political swing than the Harvey Milk generation that I grew up with. I grew up with a generation that was about never blending, about that it's good to be radical and stand out. And um, the current... Message I'm hearing is very different—not worse, not better, just different. Uh, where it's, mm-hmm. we're just like we're just like everybody else, or uh, yes, we do blend, and we're just one big family. Uh, we just had that actor Stacy Dash trying to encourage people to forget about the BET and Image Awards, uh, saying that we don't need that because we all uh, we don't need to segregate and and stand out as, as without difference. Um, the danger I see with that, which I think you both were addressing, is that it, it really negates the very powerful differences that do exist. We don't get equal treatment. We are not all equal. Uh, we can be united, but we can be united in our difference, I think. And I'm very concerned about uh, what I see as this big assimilation movement, uh, which it's wonderful that we blend, but some people can't blend. Uh, Some people will never be able to blend, and some people should be able to be appreciated for the ways that they're different and stand out, and we should recognize the differences that still do exist. Uh, The disconnect from history that's going on recently and the encouragement to ignore it, um, I I don't know if that's actually accidental. I don't know if any of you have any feelings politically, socially about what you're seeing or if you disagree with that, but I'm Mm -hmm. seeing it more and more. Anyone jump in? Disagree? Agree? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Me, I mean,
3: I no. Go ahead, Trell, Sorry.
2: No, I totally agree with you. Um It it's kind of different on my side of the table. Certain things that I see. Um, it seems like we're. It's like oh, okay, poli- the politics that we play in our daily lives is the type to always try to fit in or to be something that we're not or to please someone else by pretending or acting like something that you're really not and hiding your true feelings and, you know, not saying that something is wrong when it really is and then just kind of sweeping it under the rug
1: Mm -hmm. versus
2: back then it was okay to say, oh, no, this is wrong, or stand up to someone, or be different, or not try so hard to blend in, but just kind of be like yourself. So I, I totally agree.
1: And so, I know, well, John, hmm. I have to segue into, I know John John's chomping us a bit here, because my, my <laughs> conversation with him and the work that he's done with a group called Fierce uh, really has a, a lot of involvement with the politics of uh gentrification and and, and segregation go ahead john john take it away
3: yeah i mean i was going to say that you know i think that's an interesting point i think i have seen it play out but i also think it depends on what movement you're talking about right so i i think it i think it i think it varies i think over the past few years i've seen a lot of communities of color come out and protest you know um uh in the black lives matter movement in a way that i haven't seen them protest before the last time I think that, I, I mean, that I didn't get to experience it, but that I heard about it was when Amadou Diallo, right, uh, an immigrant yep. who was killed by the cops in New York City and was right. shot 41 times, right? Like that's, <sighs> that that was a wow. big, massive movement against police brutality <clears throat> of communities of color coming together, and also white allies who were coming together as well. And then I think that there was a little die-down were how people were responding, and I think things kicked back up, right? I think that we look at yesterday, actually, I wanted to bring this up because you know we're celebrating Black History Month and at the same time we're also trying to get justice for black lives that we lost. yesterday was the fourth was the four year anniversary of a death of an eighteen year old um, he was ki- he was shot by. Uh, NYPD officer right when he was 18 years old four years ago yesterday um, and he was shot in front of his grandmother in front of his siblings in his apartment uh, in the bathroom Um, and he was being chased by a by NYPD officer who did not have a warrant and kicked down the door and went into the apartment and shot him in front of his family his family witnessed that and till this day the officer has not been arrested the officer, um, there have been no consequences, and the the United States Department of Justice is currently doing an investigation. And the NYPD, the Commissioner of the NYPD, has stated, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna finish our investigation until the Department of Justice does finishes theirs. So four years later, this person has been laid to rest. His mother, Constance, and his father, Frank are still fighting for justice and that justice has not been served. And at a press conference yesterday, you know, there was a, a a white woman from a church in here in New York city, a very progressive Mm -hmm. church who said, you know, she said, if that was my son, would we be here today? If that was my son, would we be trying to fight for justice? And everyone yelled no. And she knows it's true too. Right? So, and I, I wanted to bring that up because I think it's really important to to talk about the lives that we lost as we're you know trying to honor the people during this month. Um, but you know I I, I think that it, again it depends on the movement. I think currently over the past three years I have seen people rise up. And with this election, with this presidential election, and people like Ted Cruz and Donald Trump running for president,
2: I think that people will
3: continue. I I mean, I hope that people will continue to rise up. But the only thing I will say is that sometimes I feel like people personally feel like they have to blend in because they have fear. And usually usually that's what I've noticed. People blend in when they are afraid of change, when they are afraid that if they make some change – that they're going to be, you know, disciplined in some sort of way, especially if they're a black person or if they are a gender nonconforming person or if they are a trans person, you know. Over the past three years, you know how we have had so many transgender women of color, specifically African-American women of color who are trans murdered, and we have seen justice for none of them it it's it's it's, it's, it's a shame you know it's 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 disgusting it's so it's you know and, and people are organizing but of course you know mainstream media will only will only highlight what they want to highlight
1: yes right. and and even the lack of visibility uh, i mean thank you john john and troll I, I i just uh, you know the the visibility that both as leaders like you do, and you you both are, thank you for all your leadership. You both do such great work, and you you both continue to provide a visibility that's so important. Um, There is a tremendous lack of visibility, and and despite all the advances we're making, uh, it is important to remember that people are still dying, as you're saying, and that people are still oppressed. I mean, uh, when we're talking about transgender people, I think of all the transgender people of color who have been, victimized and who have made such great strides towards helping us to embrace progressive change. And then we get, uh, forgive me for going here. I'm sorry, guys. i got to go here. <laughs> we, get, we get a white woman like Caitlyn Jenner on the cover of Vanity Fair as as a leader mm-hmm. yeah. of transgender people. I'm like, what is this all yeah. about? Yeah. And
3: yeah. And it's, my, Yeah. 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 Go ahead.
0: It's it's typical media though because the media is only going to put out there what they can sell.
3: Yeah, exactly. And also with John John, so John, the, John, I John wanna, I do, Go ahead. Uh I was going to say I I want
0: to play devil's advocate for just a second. Um, most of us know about the big standoff in Oregon. And I pose this question, I <laughs> want to pose it to you. If instead that so called militia it was made up of black women have the same results that we have this time
2: hmm.
3: you you may have to you may have to educate me a little bit about what exactly is happening well, in oregon you know
0: they they what they did they took over government building is uh,
3: Oh, okay,
0: yes. I can't remember. And then, you know, they just they let them, they let these people go in and out for snacks, do what they wanted. They were there for weeks. They were allowed to, you know, put stuff up on uh, GoFundMe, et cetera, et cetera. So this just went on for weeks and weeks with nobody really doing anything.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, you will never see, you will never see a Melissa of black women being, like, unless, you know, it. it You know, it, it goes back to, Um, I think Joe, you know, Joe touched on it a little bit in saying that, you know, when people say chants, like, we are all equal, I am this person, you know, like when Eric, when Eric Garner in New York City Mm -hmm. was killed, right, Mm -hmm. when he was choked, you had people chanting, I am Eric Garner, right, I am Michael Brown, I am Marley Graham when no you're not like you know like you're not these people if you're a white person you will never be this person right even if you're even if you even me right as as a latino i will never be this person the experience that i have as a um not too much of a light skin i think i have a nice gold bronze tan right um, I, I but agree. even <laughs> <I agree>. e- <laughs> thank you <laughs> But even me in my complexion, like I will never have the same experience as a, as 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 like Trell, right? Like right. Mm-hmm. different experiences, um different resources, different different um different types different of access different environments. Um I mean, and
1: you're you're a radical you I I, will, I don't know if you if that fits for you I think you're a very outspoken progressive. That's maybe a better word. A progressive leader in New York City, as opposed to Trell is is a a, a a very visible black title holder in uh, Connecticut, which yeah. is a completely different ball of wax. Now yeah, those, those I are, mean, the lies light up. all people in Connecticut wanting to kill me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean,
3: you have to take the environment into consideration too. I mean, the landscape in Connecticut. I'm sure is different than the landscape in New York, as I'm sure is different than the landscape in Oregon, right? So, like, yes. Well, I can tell you the landscape Definitely. in Indianapolis
0: is way
1: different than the landscape in where I'm at now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and I've,
3: I've,
1: I've had the benefit of, you know, I, I grew up in New York. New York is actually, a lot of people uh, may presume, because all my relatives are in Connecticut, that I, I'm a native Connecticut guy. I'm not. I grew up in New York, and the first 24 years of my life, and then the next 24 years, I spent in Los Angeles. And then I moved back here to Connecticut in 2010. So, I, And I spent a blink in Florida for maybe three months in the St. Pete area. Uh, they, they're all very different politically, socially. Yeah. Uh, but very important point you brought up that I think people, and I was thinking about this uh, for other reasons other than the discussion we're having right now, but it's very, very powerful you can never i don't think you can ever negate the fear that a person who is genuinely in danger or oppressed or who's been uh, bullied or who's who's a target because of their difference or for any particular reason has experiences and, and people who don't have to have that experience Really get desensitized with the privilege they live in and just become accustomed to, not understanding the fear that would make a person want to remain invisible. Uh, maybe have survival needs,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: you yeah. could make, make a person uh, want to stand back, not because they're necessarily apathetic, but they're generally doing that because they're in survival mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah
3: and yeah, you know, I, I, people. I, yeah. No, go sorry, ahead. go ahead.
0: No, go ahead and finish this topic because I, I have another question for John. John, when you're when you're done. No, I was go just ahead.
3: gonna say that people people react differently to different things, and that's not just with race, right? It's with gender, it's with sexuality, it's with you know your immigration status, it's with mm-hmm. uh, it's with your it's with your HIV status, right? Like this is so so many different factors play into you know these different type of uh, identities And and you know Like Joe said Someone may It's like what I was saying earlier I think that some people blend because they are They're fearf- fearful And it's probably a survival tactic As well right So,
0: Right yeah. I think probably um, The closest I can come and, and by the way just for everybody's information I'm not comparing this uh, But just an observation mm-hmm. on my end I think the closest that I could come is that Um, people are judging you by how you look. And, you know, I've kind of had that my whole life because I'm a plus-size girl in a a very thin world. So, um, whereas that's not something that, you know, that's something that's changeable, so to speak. But it's probably the, the only way that I can really grasp the problems that America has with judging people who are, black.
3: Yeah. I yeah. know it's just a small no, it's
0: just a smidgen of how I can grasp it, but it gives me at least an idea of what people are doing. What I really want to know yeah. real quick though is what does fierce stand for?
3: Yeah, fierce is a is an acronym that stands for fabulous, independent, educated radicals for community empowerment. I like it. And I want the, to FEAR. Um, <laughs> All you have to say is I am fierce And then do a little snap afterwards It'll, oh, it'll go fierce. <laughs> <perfect.
1: laughs>
3: no, but um, yeah That's what it stands for And it it was started in 2000 And it was started because there were a group of young people Young queer and trans people of color Who, you know They felt like they were getting displaced Because they were From communities And they wanted to organize and do something about it, so they created the organization, and it's 16 years strong.
0: Wow! And I actually
1: the last time we we were on your show, Candy, before I became a co-host with you, uh, we were all joining forces with John, John, Jed, Ryan, and I, the Care Bears, to do a fundraiser for them, because I after I met John, John, uh, you know, just the same way as after I met Trail. I was so impressed with his charisma, his um, his, his his really just his, his leadership and his, his real political awareness that I wanted to learn more about what he did. And I started looking all the stuff up I could find out about him on social media. And I found out about the group that he was involved with called Fierce. And I, I talked to Jed. I said, you know, we really need to help what, what this movement is doing and join forces with John John. And that gets into the other... I guess the other part of what John, John, and troll talk about, and all, all of us are talking about with yep. different environments, the gentrification thing about the importance of having um, areas that are yours. I mean, there are lots of people who argue, you know, I, I, I don't want to have um, a, a gay ghetto anymore. I don't think it's right to have a, an area that's known for just being black or known for just being gay. But those are safe spaces for a lot of people. And I guess the other argument is, well, we all should just join forces together. They go to the argument again about, you know, why do we have to have a black group or a gay group? But when you yeah. have gentrification, the group that's always the dominant culture is always going to be the one that takes over. That's, that's the problem I see, speaking from a perspective that's different than Tro or John John's, But I don't know what, mm-hmm. I, you know, this, I think the gentrification issue that is one that fierce really fiercely addresses that I think is very important that a lot of people uh, maybe – uh, don't want to deal with as, as, as assertively as, as Pierce does, um, and uh, the gentrification thing. I mean, is that something you're seeing come about more powerfully now, or is it always just in there? Uh, I, I have different feelings about it.
3: I mean, you know, if you have been to the West Village before in New York City, the West Village six years ago looks very different from the West Village now, right? There are mm-hmm. there are many just one example is there are many bars in the West village who have started to close their doors, right? Who have started, who have had to move, right? There is a bar called boots and saddles in the West village. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've ever been to boots and saddles. I enjoy it. You know, (laughs) boots and saddles is now, um, it's a drag lounge and they have some fabulous drag Queens who are there. Um, and they had to move, they had to, you know, close their original doors, and they had to move maybe like two blocks away. And I think they had to move because they got uh, priced out, uh, because just, you know, the 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 West Village is becoming very expensive, and people can't afford to live there, um, and they can't afford to have their business there. And, you know, that, Boots and Saddles, it was in the media, actually, the local newspaper, because they wanted to move to a specific site, and... Someone said, I think it was some of the the moms, the like the the rich, wealthy moms <laughs> who lived in the area, who were like, "Well, this bar can't move here because I don't want my children looking at drag queens from the window." It's basically, you know, it's it's just it's outrageous. It's absurd. I'm not going to have my child look at drag queens. And oh, for that, you know, <laughs> yeah, of course, right and. For that, that speaks, you know, that speaks um, – I think it speaks to the issue of, like, your intersections, right? When we talk about wealthy people coming into a neighborhood and some the people that are going kick, to get kicked out are the people of color, right, are the low-income people, regardless right. of what your race is, right? You could be white and be a low-income person. You will be moving out too. Like you're going to get kicked out too, and it, you know, it it also um, it also brings along like other forms of discrimination, or it brings along increasing policing. It brings along displacement of people. Like for in this example of, of drag queens, right, who are trying right. to make a living, who are trying to entertain people, who are trying to express themselves the way they want to express themselves but you have the the new class of people who have moved into a neighborhood because it's so much money, and now they're getting pushed out because of it. It's, you know, if you are not, and just to go back to what Candy was saying and, Candy, how you were talking about, um, you know, n- not being a thin person, right? Like, if you are not right. a white heterosexual man who has a pretty good body, right? And I say good in quotations cuz all of us look damn good. Um mm-hmm. but if you are not a white <laughs> heterosexual man who has like muscles or and has a wealthy job and making all this money, then forget about you. That's basically what society tells us. That's what mainstream society tells us. If you're sick, if you're if you are, um, if you are of color, if you are a woman, if you are a trans person, if you are black, if you are an immigrant, get out of here because you're not welcomed. And that's yes. you know, that's what that's what gentrification <laughs> echoes. No, so it's,
0: it's true. I mean, I'm a okay. Not only am I a curvy girl, I'm a curvy girl that happens to be polyamorous and pansexual.
1: So,
3: oh boy! You know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, and then to, that's not that's not normal to mainstream society. So you know, right. it's, it's a shame. Most people don't even know what pansexual is, which is
0: kind of fun yeah. explaining things to. Them. Yeah.
3: Anyway, um, what,
0: what is Let your take you. on? Um,
1: go ahead. I was going to ask. Well, go ahead, Candy. I had a question for Trill, but you go ahead first. <laughs>
0: Now
1: go ahead and ask Trell a question, and, and then we'll get to mine. Well, just along the lines of what we're talking about with gentrification, Trell, I'm just curious. Uh, you know, I moved to mm-hmm. 2010, and, you know, Connecticut is a big, big culture change for somebody who was a, a native New Yorker, then was a Los Angeles guy, two big cities, to mm-hmm. coming to Connecticut, which is is very different in a lot of ways. And you were the mm-hmm. very first ever uh, black Mr. Connecticut Bear. I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, what was the response to you, and what was your yeah, yeah. Uh, of being the, the, a black title holder <laughs> in Connecticut uh, and being the first blackness in Connecticut there. I mean, was your experience something that uh, was mostly positive or in terms of the conversation, um, anything you want to share?
2: Well, <clears throat> first of all, <laughs> living in Connecticut, I have never thought in a million years... That I would win a title in Connecticut and have the bravery to walk out in public in a jock strap, and for people to know that I was gay
3: yep.
2: and to feel proud of it um, I never thought in a million years um it was actually a shock to me um I ran you know second time, and you know I knew what I wanted to do. I knew the state was lacking. Mm-hmm just authentic brotherhood Mm -hmm. and I remember it. I'm going to put you on the spot, Charles. Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: um, So your experience in Connecticut, I don't want to put words in your mouth but just help me if if I'm understanding what you're saying. So Mm -hmm. there was a lack of visibility of men of color with titles up to the point where where you you got one. Oh,
2: yes. And that was one of another reasons why I wanted to run again because it seemed like in the whole bear circuit, you know, they were all white, you know. That goes across
1: the board. No... I, I, I want to get, to get a break there because I got to say, I saw that across the board in bigger cities too, like Los Angeles and New York. I saw the same mm-hmm. type of thing. Only recently have I seen it changed with little baby steps, with people like you and John-John. But I've got to say the big the big criticism I always heard, which was I think justifiable and, and honest, was that in the bear community and the visible title holders, even the leather title holders, there was a lack of people of color
3: to a Yeah, degree. Can, can, just really quickly, uh, j- just a few things I want to say that when <laughs> when I heard about the kinetic, the first time I heard about the um, well at. I forget what you, what when it was when I first heard about the Connecticut Bear contest um, and just bear title holder. But then when I found out that Trell was Mister Connecticut Bear, I was like, "What? A black brother in Connecticut? What?
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> times
3: are changing. Like I did not know they existed. Uh, so and you know, people it know
1: that we <laughs> all <up. laughs>
3: <laughs> I love we, chocolate. I love chocolate. Kidding. I mean, come
1: on, who doesn't love
3: chocolate? Exactly. And then, and so wait, and then we had, though, we I, had I, another
1: title holder, I, Omar, who was a man of, a uh, Latino man, who was Mr. Connecticut yeah. Leather, the same year that Trell was Mr. Connecticut Bear. And we had Dave yeah. Gonzalez, who was another Latin, uh, man of color, a Latino man. Uh, so progress is happening. That's good. But uh, it, it's just beginning. It's relatively you know, new. <laughs> so and the
0: thing is, Connecticut has some chocolate caramel sexiness
1: going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And John...
3: Well, you know, like... Yeah. Wait a
0: minute, though.
3: No,
1: all
0: three of you have titles, and I don't, so somebody's going to have to give me one because it's not fair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
0: yeah, we'll we'll get... Good. We have to... Experience.
3: We. You got to think about this and make it a good one. Um, yeah. yeah, but... um you know when uh, to the point that you were saying joe about los angeles and even new york because i remember coming out in the in the leather community leather and kink community first and the first place mm-hmm. i went to was the eagle bar the new york city eagle bar yes, right and yes. i was like it was there were i only saw white men there and yes. and then i went to the rock bar and that's when i started to see a little more diversity right there were still again many many white men when he, many white bears and cubs and otters, and um little by little is when I started to see more come out and I think you know people like Trell definitely inspired me to run for my title because I was like well if a, if another man of color can do it, then so can I right and then I mm-hmm. ran for Mr. Rock Bear and then got that title, so that was really exciting, and when you have when you have people of color in these like uh, in these positions, then you you have a better chance of getting more people out, right? I think that there, there, there's a lot of different factors that play into it. I know when I think of Latino men, right, coming out to a kink or fetish party, they may not come out because, I don't know, the way that they were raised, you know, they might have some traditions that they start to question, oh, should I really be here? So I think that plays into it. Um mm-hmm. And, and I think it's also like, you know, if there is a lack of identity, of, if there is a lack of your identity that you see at a space, then you are less likely to go. So I always say, I am like, you know, in order to get more people there who are, who are the same identity, right, you have to create that space. It's so important to create it. Because if no one creates it, then it will never exist.
1: I agree. I, the lack of right. visibility I, uh, impacts so many things.
3: I'm sorry.
0: Um, because we have such a diverse audience, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to explain some terms real quick before we go on. But before I do that, I, I just want to give a shout-out to the black and Latino men because they love girls with curves. So there you go, yes. white guys. You're, you're, yes. you're, you are not with. Them. So um, what we
1: need it's to explain the to curve. our diverse
0: audience who may not be in the LGBTQ community is we need to know what an otter is, what a cub is, is, and what a daddy
2: bear is. Hmm. Well, a daddy bear, well, a otter is, and the term the terms for an otter is a a skinny person that is hairy, mm-hmm. and okay. a um, a cub. Uh, the term for cub is a younger, younger guy, say between twenty, twenty-five years old. That is also hairy. And, and that can also
1: be a, the guy who embodies younger qualities. Sometimes I've seen guys refer to themselves mm-hmm. as cubs who are actually older guys, mm-hmm. but they embody a, a more youthful essence. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, well, I've seen, I've seen yep. that too.
2: Right. And a daddy bear is. Someone that is North mature. American daddy bear. <laughs> well, <laughs> someone that is a lot more mature in some cases, you know, they have gray hair and but... Oh, no hair. No, and you know, the, in the, in the hair. leather
0: community too when you get into the, the BDSM, is there a delineation between the sexy older or married daddy bear and the Dom, daddy
3: bear. Well, I mean, you know, in the leather community, there are many different, um, I mean, there's many terms, right? There's, um, There are daddies, right? There are daddies, there are boys, there are pups, there are slaves, there are submissive, there are doms. Um, there's so many different terms uh, pertaining to oh, yeah. people's identities. Um, And, you know, sometimes people will think, okay, if I'm a submissive, then I am probably uh, a boy or something, right? But you could be a daddy and you could be submissive or Mm -hmm. you could be – We um, also
0: need to have a show on just this and also the colors of the (laughs) scarves or bandanas that you wear at
3: Pride The hankies.
2: Oh. The hanky
0: you have a show on that. And I think, John, John, you should come back too so we can do a show on the homeless LGBT uh, youth and um, that the sometimes, you know, a lot of them get into sex work because it's the only way they can survive. Yeah. Um yes. So, you know, we, we definitely need to do another show on that. But so this is yeah, Black History sure. Month and, and we're getting some information. What do you think about um, Will and Jada boycotting um, the
3: Oscars? Yeah. I mean I think that of course I think that people should do people should do what they feel is best for themselves, right? I I I understand both narratives of that conversation. Um in terms of uh Jada and Will, I understand their side, right? And like, you know, if if the Oscars are not going to have people of color, Be nominated, then we're just not we're not gonna we're not gonna continue to promote it. We're not gonna continue to to be a part of it. But you need to be able to create a space that will do that, right? And there are spaces that exist like that already, like the BET Awards, which which uh, Stacy Dash was saying we didn't need anymore, right? Or or or, Mm -hmm. or just some of the other awards. There's 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 those spaces exist but then we need to be able to um make those spaces greater right and then there's the other narrative of like you know no if like we're going to create this we're going to we're going to create this space um and we're going to be here to make it what we want it to look like right we we want to take over um so i mean you know i think i think it's like To each his own I think both narratives Have really good points When it comes to that Uh, When it comes to that topic um, I think that folks Just need to be strategic It's kind of like when uh, You know we talk about Well When we talk about gentrification Right but then we still put money Into certain things that, That we still put money Into businesses and companies That push our communities out So it's like okay We talk about it We're still like feeding into it So But then we have to do it because we have to survive Right? A lot of these uh, uh, Actors and actresses Of color they have to be a part Of the Oscars because they need to make their money Right? Like they need to support Their livelihood and I'm not I'm not going to judge them for doing that Because I know how hard it is To to survive So you know I, I think there has to be a balance in both Arguments
1: I just I just want and them to adopt that's, me. That's the double edge. That's the double edged <laughs> activism. Act, 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 activism is is based on uh, two different sides. There's a side that if you don't make a protest and take a stand and take a radical stand, sometimes change will never happen, and, and, and that's one perspective. And sometimes you you have to be strategic, and be a part of a system that's not exactly working with you as much as it should be in order to at least be visible and have a, a livelihood and have an ability to be yeah. a part of moving forward. It's a very tough yeah. uh, dilemma. The
3: only, the only other thing I will say, though, about that is that I just, you know, I find it really funny and I find it really interesting that you have actors like Jada and Will who are talking about boycotting the, the Oscars for not having people of color nominees. But I'm like, hey, where are you when these black people got killed? Like, you know, I'm right. like, can you please can you please add your voice to not to say that the oscars is not important right because i just finished talking about livelihood and surviving but also can you also put your voice to the people who lost their lives because of their skin color because the amount of success that people like jada and will have if they put their their voices to movements like the black lives matter movement then I think we would have a stronger movement, right? <coughs> like if we have people who already have some sort of stake in mainstream media yeah. or in uh-huh. um, or in just society, then that that makes our movement stronger. So I just wanted which to add what, that. Which is,
1: what you, which is, I think, yeah. what you and do beautifully. You lend your visibility and you lend your presence to very important causes and movements that help lots of people in, the, in our communities, plural communities. Yeah. Not just one community, uh, and you you help you you both help people with HIV AIDS outreach uh, outreach that helps LGBTQ youth, of color, poor, homeless, all different transgender people. I mean, you have been, and I agree with you. When you have a spotlight, you really have an opportunity to to use it to make a difference for more yeah. people than just will benefit you. And I don't know yeah. that many people. guess that's the difference I've seen with a lot of leaders and title holders um, that you guys really raise the bar because some of the title holders, they don't always do anything that, unless it it really is a very insular kind of a, a situation where benefits are very insular part of their lives. Where you guys really do outreach that impacts so many other people and allows change to, to happen. I really applaud both of you very, very strongly. Thank you. Awesome.
0: You are welcome. And, of course, it wouldn't be an evening without any asking a question. That's it So, Fact or myth, black men are showers, not growers.
1: Oh. <laughs> I can answer that question. Oh wow. Um, um I told
3: you. As to someone men. who <laughs> has had as someone who has had his share of chocolate you know, I think that I think that they go both ways. So, and I don't mind either. So, I'll just put it out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: okay, now now Cheryl
1: has to answer, and then we'll go to Joe.
2: <laughs> go ahead, Joe. Is there an option C, <laughs> fact Mama was, Mama or was, no. fiction, or In both?
0: Your, is there a percentage of one over the other? How's that?
2: That's a tough one Um, I'll I'll just say both Because I've seen it all I mean You know they they create the Stereotype You know they always say Oh well you know He's black so Oh, he's going to be huge <laughs> and hung, and in some cases that's a false. You know, it's kind of it pretty much is their national background or their genes. You, know, you know, I, was I really mean, young either when I they're found black that or
0: white. bit of information, by the way. What? Mm-hmm. What's that? I said I was very young when I found out that disappointing bit of information, by the way.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of someone who, who, whose career started out in being objectified as a as a bear pinup and a adult film performer, I can't, you know, we all objectify each other and, and we, we strategically use it to whatever benefit, as, as John John was indicating. I use it to try to do outreach later on. I also use it to do whatever pleasure I, I was imbibing in, in it at the time. <laughs> now, as, as we're closing... Um, I just want to give you guys a chance to shout-out about any events or things that are upcoming that you want to invite people to take part in, support. I know there's a Lumberjock event coming uh, on February 27th at a club in Connecticut called Partners, an IPM that supports Two Colors, uh, which is an LGBTQ support group that's very near and dear to my heart. Terrell, uh anything else in Connecticut coming up you want to give a shout-out to?
2: Yes. Um, Mr. Connecticut Bear Contest is official on August 5th through the 7th at uh Four Points in Maryland, Connecticut. Oh, Excellent. And we want to encourage will...
1: the tradition of diversity to continue that Connecticut has been moving forward with with so many wonderful men of color like you getting titles. We want to encourage more visibility yes. and more, more men to participate of
2: color. I hope that continues. Oh, yes. I hope so, too. And, you know, not, not just, you know, a person of color, but, you know, anyone that's having, you know, body dysmorphia or, you Mm -hmm. know, feel like that, you know, oh, I'm too skinny or, you know, someone that feel like they just don't belong or they're nobody. No, we want you. So I'm shouting out whoever is interested because this contest is designed to pull those from out of their shell and turn to leaders. Good for you. That I like that True. better.
1: And in the current Mr. Connecticut yeah. Bear, uh, Ken Benowitz, is also doing a fantastic job uh, encouraging <laughs> diversity in his special way. What about you, John? Anything you want to shout out about?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, before you go to Mr. Connecticut Bear, in April, specifically April 8th and April 9th, is the Mr. Rock Bear 2000. Uh, 16 contests. Um, So I was crowned Mr. Rock Bear last year, uh, late March, becoming the first Mr. Rock Bear, um, who happened to be a Latino. So that was exciting. Um, So, you know, we'll have our next Mr. Rock Bear contest. We have quite a few contestants already. Uh, April 9th is the contest. It's a Saturday from 8 to 10 p.m. And there will be ASL interpretation. Um, and yeah, and Trell is actually one of the judges for the Mr. Rock Bear contest. So you'll get to see both of us oh. in the same <laughs> night.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Worth the price. Hey. A hey, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, is there anything
0: uh, that either of you would want us to know in closing about uh, Black History Month or? Any any misconceptions Mm -hmm. that you want to clear up?
3: Yeah, I mean, the 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 two things I wanted to say was um, the first one is that Black History Month is very important, but it's also not the only month that we should be celebrating people, right? Right. and, And not just and there's two pieces of that, right? Talking about the folks who came before us, and also just celebrating the folks who are around now. Is really important Um, And then the second thing I was going to say Is you know all this talk about media And stuff uh, Candy and Joe thank you very much for having This topic on your show tonight Because I think that It's it's people like you and it's entities Like this that When you you take a topic Like this and you bring it to your show You know it helps To talk about the issues Right so you are doing uh, An amazing job at like educating people who may not know about certain things. So I commend you both, and I commend you, Candy, for for just having this as a topic on your show. So thank you again for having. Oh well, well, thank today. you. No,
1: it's, it's
0: you. been my honor and my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Yes, thank you. Um, you, you guys are wonderful. I, I love you both, today. and and we're just if we can be a, a filter to allow you to to speak out and to keep spreading. The wonderful information leadership and to keep learning from you both. Um, I'm all for it.
2: Absolutely. And um before you know, before we end it all, um I know there is a misconception that uh most people think that black history uh, we use it as something to kinda of magnify us or think that we're better than someone. Mm-hmm. But it's just something we we just pretty much promote it just so people could know wh- where the struggle began, and not just the negativity, but the positive things. You know, the you know segregation laws that ended, and all of the positive things that happened from great leaders that worked very very hard. And I, I just hope that people would know that it's and not I think a lot that. Of
1: positivity, I think a lot of the positivity is how so many people in your communities dealt with the negativity so positively. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Thank I, you. You know,
2: yeah. So I just, that's why I think it's really important. And, and I am totally honored to be on this show tonight and I hope I have an opportunity in the future and I will continue to do whatever I can take to assist the youth and support everyone and continue the movement um, and pick up where our ancestors end. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, and, And remember, people, black lives do matter and not just because they're yummy chocolates. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being on the show, John, John and Trell. Uh, thank I you. really love you both tremendously and, and, and keep just, being, just keep being awesome and keep letting us learn with you. Thank you.
2: Thank, thank you. you. I want
0: to thank everyone. Thank you for the great guests and my co host I want to thank everybody for listening. Remember um, that you can download this for free in the iTunes store. You can also place this podcast uh, on your website or share it with your friends from Facebook or Twitter. And remember to tune in next week, and we will see you then. Good night, everybody.
2: Good night. Good night.
3: Good night.